Happy New Year, Sham. Hey, it's a new year. It's been for about a week, but it's new for us. It is not, it's not like a whole week. It's only been like, once episode drops, it'll have been the sixth day of the new year. So it's not a full week yet. Because, you know, people are on holiday for part of that. People are just returning to work on Monday. So really, it's only been three days of the new year. I guess. So we're not counting. <laughs> Some days don't count. No, because remember, everybody was off for New Year's Day. Oh, yeah, true. And then, and then Saturday and Sunday, so it was a weekend. So Monday, yeah. the 4th, was the first day back at work. I'm just saying. Monday is Monday of the whole damn year. Yes, <laughs> yes. So that happened. So what did you do for New Year's? How did you celebrate? I celebrated it drunk at home. And that was about it. <laughs> there was... There's nothing we could do. We have a 10 p.m. curfew here, even on New Year's, which I'm not against, but it's still crazy that, oh, it's 10 p.m. Let's go. Let's, let's count down 10, 9, 8, and then we drive home, and then we wait for the actual countdown at home. So it, it was interesting. Uh, okay. Alrighty. But you had the wife, and y'all spent it together, so that's great. Yeah, she fell asleep by 10 or 11, because <laughs> we old, so we washed, so... At like 11.59, I was just like, all right, poke, poke, poke. <laughs> it's time for the countdown. Happy New Year. And then back to sleep. That is life gotcha. as, an, as an, a, a person of a certain age, let's say. Okay. All right. For my New Year, I watched Bridgerton at home on my couch, obviously. So Bridgerton came out on Netflix on Christmas Day. I waited till New Year's Eve to binge the entire series. And then to celebrate the new year, I did a tradition that I usually do in uh, Denmark and Germany where we watch dinner for one. So I made my roommate watch dinner for one with me. If you've never seen dinner for one, don't worry. I'll put the link in our show notes. I'm not even going to tell you what it's about because you'll be like, you'll be wondering what the fuck. But yes, dinner for one, it's a tradition. They watch it every year on New Year's Eve, like right before midnight in Denmark and in Germany. So I watched that. Nope. Yeah, this is like the entire country does this. Oh, really? Yes, this is on television. They air this video on television every New Year's Eve before midnight. So this is a thing. And yeah, I did that. I watched that. It made me feel closer to my friends that I'm missing. And watched fireworks from my balcony, played some ratchet music, and then went to bed. And that was great. I had a great New Year's Eve into day, and I'm happy about that. A nice little, a, a party for one, you could say. A New Year's party for one. But my roommate was also there, so really it was... Yeah, also him. For two. <laughs> and so I, you know, had a good time. Did you make any resolutions this year? Damn, I know I forgot to do something. Not really. I, I made a resolution, like, before the New Year, was, which was general weight loss, like, eat better, exercise, so I'm just going to continue it. I think the trick is because I started it before New Year's, it won't fade away like most resolutions tend to. So hopefully I'm not gonna so continue losing weight, hopefully. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. All right. So you're doing the thing you already started in advance and you've been doing great based on your photos, so that's fine. I'm not a creeper as you post these photos on <laughs> the internet for everyone to see. So there is that. And that's then fine. Don't creep on me. <laughs> So that happened. I did not officially make a resolution. I was just in the frame of mind that whatever I needed to happen will happen. So I am just 
taking steps forward to do certain things, whether it's related to my podcasts, whether it's related to my living situation, whether it's related to what kind of job I want to have. I am just taking the steps necessary to go in a different direction and not resolving to do it and then hesitating or I'm just doing shit. That's where I'm at. So a general upward movement in your life is what you're going for. Yes, I'm just moving. Whether it's upward, downward, sideways, I'm just, I'm moving. That's it. All right, sweet. That's, that, that counts too. It doesn't have to be specific. Anybody can say, I'm going to read a book or some foolishness. You've got an actual, like, a general idea of just how your life should be. Yeah, something like that. So I'm very excited for what 2021 has in store for everything. And... Obviously, there are a bunch of things we have to be thankful for overall, that uh, neither of us have COVID, that we are both healthy. <laughs> this that is time, very nice. I, I do appreciate that. For. And despite living in the hellscape that is where I live, I am somehow okay. That is that is the truth. Yeah, at this point, you're just like Neo, just, just dodging bullets, left, left, and center, just like everywhere around you. And just in the middle, like, holding on for dear life. Not to make it seem that bad. I'm sure you're fine, but. Am I, though? It's Florida. <laughs> the point is, you don't have it, and you're surviving. And that's all that matters right now. Yes, but I am getting tested, of course, this weekend and then the weekend after that. Just because I know that I was around some people that I'm not usually around. And you never know. Like, you never know. Because... Some friends of ours got engaged and we celebrated with them. Not like an event event, but I saw them in person <laughs> without masks and they're fine. But I always like to check after I've been around people anyway. Cause you just never know. Correct. Correct. But 2021 new year, new me, or however they say it. And we want to talk to favorite you about- lie. We want to talk to you about our favorite sponsor right now, altplayground.net. We definitely told you about some of the amazing stuff they have going on on the site last year. We definitely covered many, many features that they have going on. And they rolled out nationally, remember, with one important mission to be the most inclusive lifestyle site out there. So they decided to have a million gender identities and sexual orientations and relationship dynamics for people to choose from at sign up, which... I mean, Facebook has what? Single, married, it's complicated. <laughs> I think that's it. They may have changed since then, but I doubt they've gotten to all playground mm-hmm. levels. <laughs> so we're doing the things, we're, we're getting there. And they have made this one of the go-to sites for sex positive people across the United States. And they're even... Bigger moves happening for 2021. You guys do not want to miss it. I yep. need you to sign up. You have to sign up. Our community is kind of dead because we should probably post more. We should <laughs> we're planning more, to. As you know, we, we don't do anything. That's the real problem. We'd have more to post if we're That's going That's the on. problem. We, we try. We, we're going to try. So we're going to post more in our community. We definitely want you guys to be in our community with us and experience conversations about our latest episodes, about whatever funny videos I have made Sham record, and more. So sign up today. Be a part of the Forward Momentum in 2021. Altplayground.net. As usual, links in our show notes. 
that's it. Just dry so you don't have nothing you want to say. Oh, wait, no, no. <laughs> I thought you got it covered. Yeah, I'll play on that That's it. Like, here, here I am. Here I am just waiting for Sean to be like, yeah, Jen, you sounded so amazing. You did great. And just dead air. Because dead Jen being air. awesome goes without saying, my apologies. So, yes, as Jen wonderfully put it, I'll try and summarize. All Playground, they were awesome in 2020. They're going to keep being awesome in 2021. How about that? Huh? Yeah, okay. Fine. I'll take it. I'll take it. And so, without further ado, I'm Jen. I'm Sham. And, and we're monogamous. We're monogamous. Oh, no. And not, not in sync at all. Super early. Not in sync. We, we did not start 2021 off, right? Happy New Year, guys. So who are we talking to today? Well, I'm so glad you asked that. We spoke to Pages Matam. He is an international riot poet. Sir Wolfgang, if you're kinky, you may have... This sound might sound familiar to you. I've talked about him before on the podcast. We have been on the podcast together. He was on season two, episode seven. He was also my co-ho, which will make sense when you listen to the episode. <laughs> um, for Podance Millennium's opening night ceremonies in November. Pages is a really good friend of the pod. He was happy to sit down with us and really talk to us at the end of last year. And there are some things I want to mention before we get to the interview. There is a trigger warning. We do discuss sexual assault in a part of this interview. And also this interview split into two. So sexual assault's in part one. That's something we discuss a little bit. And uh, there's also an error with a date that I gave. I said that a podcast episode came out the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, and that was a lie. It came out the Saturday after <laughs> Thanksgiving. But that's just me thinking of what our usual schedule was and being confronted with the reality that I did something different that one time. So my bad, y'all. My bad. I will try to put a like highlight or link part in our show notes, you can see exactly where the conversation about sexual assault occurs. But outside of that, it's just a great conversation. We talked for two hours, so we're just giving you like the first half of that conversation today. What did you think of our talk with Paige Sham? I think it was just a good time. Paige is a cool dude, like multifaceted, as you said before, poet, artist, and Wolfgang. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a title, just, it's just who he is. But he's one of those people that, as the connotation, the first time we talked to him, it just... It just flowed perfectly. It just felt, oh, this is podcast number 300. This is the first time you guys are hearing it. So I think it was just a, a great little chat. We covered so many different topics and went so many different places. It, it's fun. It's serious. And it's just a great chat. I think you guys will like it. We liked it. So yeah. you better like it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I had a hard time figuring out where to split this conversation. Just so you guys know, I split the conversation. I didn't do the editing of the conversation, but I split it at a certain point because we reframed the conversation at a certain point and i was like you know what here's as good a spot as any otherwise i'm gonna be frankensteining this thing and i want you guys to hear it as authentically as possible so without further ado i want you guys to listen to this amazing interview part one that we did with pages matam part two coming next week let me go top of the morning to ya monogamish people um not sure why i said that but i did so we're just gonna go with it today we have someone that i've talked about 
a lot on this show now that you think about it. Like he was on episode seven with Cherie of season two. And then there were all those ads that I ran where I mentioned his name like 30,000 times. So if you haven't figured out who it is yet, it is Pages. Madame, like there's confetti, there's fanfare. Beep, 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 beep. Air horns, of course. Air horn. So we are so excited to have Pages back on the pod as a solo guest this time to talk about his journey into non-monogamy. So here is the most serious question I'm going to ask tonight. Are you ready? Oh, my gosh. So ready. Been waiting on this moment my entire life. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. So straight into the Thunderdome we go. Pages, tell our listeners a bit about you. Hello, wonderful listeners of Monogamish. My name is Pages Matam. Some people might know me as Sir Wolfgang. Some people might know me as the cool black guy with the bow tie. I am, wow, there's so much. I'm so bad at this sometimes now because I'm at this point where I'm like, who am I outside of the things I've done? But I'll say some fun things. I am a gummy bear elitist. I love gummy bears. I am a sweet fry plantain sore, an anime fanatic, uh, a pleasure activist. Yes. And yeah, I am non-monogamous. And it's been a wonderful and freeing journey since I've decided to fully free myself, I like to say. And then I'm also a kinkster. And uh, shout out to the BDSM and kink community and shout out to all of my non-monogamous and polyamorous folk. There we go. <laughs> I don't know what I expected mm -hmm. after that opening with the kind of existential, who am I? Who I, am I? I did not expect <laughs> the first point to be a gummy bear elitist. But yeah, I respect it. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I love gummy bears. Anyone who knows me well, is, yeah, we know. I love candy in general and sweets. I'm definitely a sweets kind of person. But uh, yeah, love gummy bears. They're fantastic. Okay, but what about gummy worms? That's a serious question. Oh, uh, you know, do you either the one or the other? Nah, there's there isn't a rift per se, but everyone knows bears rule the town. You know uh, what I'm saying? So, Everyone so one is superior. Every, one is superior. You know what I'm saying? It's just because the flavor is just compact. So it's like in this little tiny thing, you got all that juice, all that flavor. The worm is extended and it it, it it likes to show off and look at me, I'm such a worm. And it's you don't have to do that. If you were just a bear, you would understand how awesome you are without needing to do all that. So now I have to cut in here because I felt for a second that we were talking about dick and pussy. Okay. Like, <laughs> the whole of that conversation about worms just showing up Yo. and they were being so compact in a bear. I was like, Yo. are we talking about uh, genitals you. or are we talking about gummies? You got a Yo. point there. Like, yeah, what is extended That's and bound? But one all the flavor and juice is you know, compact you into know. one neat little package. Wow. This is why I come to Monogamish because y'all are smart and y'all be getting, y'all be getting it. You be getting what I'm talking about and how I move. So this is great. This is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I just had to put it out there for people who didn't quite get it. I was like, mm, okay. 
sure, sure. Gummy bears, right. Uh, yeah, thank you so much for being here. We love having you, of course. Yes. And uh, who knows, we might be back again soon. Yeah, I'm preempting this whole episode by telling you guys that Pages might be back. Y'all don't Yay. know what's gonna happen. Yay. <laughs> so first things first, you said you have now freed yourself and you've accepted your non-monogamous self. Yes. So what was the first, what was Baby Pages doing with non-monogamy in the beginning? Man, Baby Pages with non-monogamy. Wow. You know, so I, I always, part of me, it's, okay. There's that part of you, especially being a cisgendered man that, you know, there's that part of me that was like, okay, am I doing this? Am I thinking like this because the patriarchy is telling me to think like this? You know what I'm saying? Or And also coming up in a culture where not necessarily polyamory, but polygamy was a thing. And so I'm originally from Cameroon, Central Africa. Shout out to all my peoples. And yeah, and so my grandfather had a few wives, had some other family members on my father's side that had multiple you know wives i had an aunt who had multiple husbands which is another interesting thing we can get into that later but anyways it's not until like my adulthood that i was like oh auntie was auntie is my peoples oh my gosh i wish we could have had this conversation but anyways so the concept of multifacets relationships in a romantic sense i was introduced to at a very young age but because of toxic masculinity and the way that patriarchy works, it's packaged in a way that is, yeah, you're supposed to think like that or be able to have and be with multiple people, but it's often not in an ethical way. And so baby pages, I always had this this feeling and this, okay, I am with this person or I'm engaging with this person. But I really want to engage with this other person. And it's not even on some sexual type situation. It's just, I feel constricted here. I feel like I, 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 you shouldn't be my everything. This is weird. And I don't want to be your everything. That was the other thing is I, I feel like you, you, we should have other friends. We should have other people. And I was never the jealous type. Never. I've never been a jealous type. And so... It was interesting at first feeling that way, but not knowing how to necessarily engage other than in the toxic ways that masculine, the package of masculinity and, and, and patriarchy, according to society that we're in, was trying to tell me. So, but shout out to dope, queer, black women and trans folks that came into my life. And through my friendship with them, through my friendship with a lot of just incredible people I've come to meet that were queer, that are trans, and how I, I evolved with them, through some people that I met in the kink and BDSM community when I first got into it, and through my own certain set of experiences, and mainly the friendships that I built and the very intimate and powerful friendships that I built, that began to shape my understanding and my approach to multifaceted love 
and to understand that for all intents and purposes, polyamory and a polyamorous kind of thought exists beyond romance. You have, you know, multiple friends that you love, you have family members that you love and all that, and you're well able to love all these different people and still have capacity for all of them. So why can't that be applied in a romantic space? or in a, a or in an intimate space with a partner or partners and so that then helped informed my place within non-monogamy and how i and, and how i want to interact with that and of course in, in a very ethical and responsible way and so, yeah that's 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 the the short version that's the short version. Yes. <laughs> that's entire epic tale to tell. Man. This sounds like the, the Odyssey or some shit. Like, <laughs> waves and pages and pages. <laughs> Facts. Okay. So what was your first non-monogamous relationship, ethical or not? My first non-monogamous relationship. <laughs> Um, I guess it was a, my first non-monogamous relationship to me because I I, <laughs> I like this girl uh, in high school, but I also really liked this other girl who lived in a whole other state. She lived in a whole other state. So we were mostly long distance, a lot of phone, a lot of phone. So, and this is like the original I said, this is phone sex, you know, without the video chatting and all that. This is phone sex without cell phones or cell phone plans as we know it. So you got to get on the house phone, try sneak, try hope nobody picks up the house phone type shit. Yeah, it was that. Yeah, imagine that. You're halfway Um, between something and then someone. Like, what what you doing? What is this? And it's just, yeah, embarrassing as hell. But yeah, that was my my first one. Um, And, you know, and... Yeah, that was that was a very interesting time where I just felt so, so, oh my gosh, am I cheating? What is this? I just, I like this other person, but I'm not with them. But then there's this other person that I'm, you know, in terms of high school or whatever the fuck, that you're like, I guess I'm with this person. But high school relationships, oftentimes, they don't count. I, I, I don't count. <laughs> my, 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 my actual relationship life didn't start until, like, college. Like, high school relationships are like, all right, cool, you were my girl. But if we weren't high school sweethearts that continued into, like, college and adulthood, then it, it don't count. It don't count. Yeah, high school is like training. You know what I'm saying? It's like training. And so, yeah, that was my, my, my first relationship uh, of sorts. But my first real non-monogamous relationship was uh, with with my partner, with whom I was also kind of in a long-distance situation. They lived in New York. I was here in Washington, D.C., which is where I reside now. And uh, yeah, we were open. We decided to open our our relationship and and be open because they were both conversations we had always about around with other people. And a lot of it at at first was mostly in a sexual context. And so, you know, I like to mess around with this person or um, say go out on a date with other people. And I was very much okay with that. And, And we had a great conversation around what that would look like and setting up our boundaries and making sure everybody was okay and communicating in that. Yeah. And so it was cool. I didn't do anything with anyone. She actually 
you know, was the one that had more dealings with other folks. Because for me, it was never about just sex. It just for me was like, okay, I'm in a space where we can talk about these things and nobody is like bashing each other. Nobody is coming at each, nobody is coming at the other person wrong. Nobody feels away. But we can express, hey, I have desire for this other person, or hey, I have want to go on a date or see somebody else. And it doesn't mean I don't care about you, or it doesn't mean that I don't hold our relationship to a lower regard, or it's not important, or you are not important. It's just, I have this feeling and I want to be able to express that and feel safe about expressing that, but also engage in it. And of course, in a responsible way, if it comes to it. And so, yeah, for me, it was like just having that sort of safety measure or like sort of space where it felt safe to do that. It it, it it wasn't like a free, it didn't become like a free for all. Like, all right, now I'm gonna just go around and just do everything with everyone. I just I felt good, and that was enough for me. So for a good tenure of our relationship, I didn't do anything with anybody else, but she did, and and it was good. It was good until it wasn't, and there was some unfaithfulness that happened on her part, which was also very int- which was also very interesting because I was like, but we're open. What what is this? I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> All you had to do is talk to me. I just I, this is weird. Yeah, was that was an interesting. Time. Yeah, that, that was a very. It, it really can throw you for a loop when that happens, especially in the early stages when you're just kind of trying to figure this out and figure the, figure yourself out, figure how this whole thing works, and then it's wait, you still cheated? How does this happen? I thought <laughs> this us being open or whatever would alleviate this. You made it so easy. You know what I'm saying? We made it so easy. You know what I'm saying? We made it easy. We made it so that this shouldn't be a thing. And and that experience definitely was one of the first in in, in terms of helping me construct, you know, how I want to shape my relationships with folks, but also very much understanding that Somebody being unfaithful or breaking a commitment can happen in any relationship, no matter what your relationship looks like. You know what I'm saying? And and, and that shit does not feel good, you know, in in any Mm -hmm. capacity. Absolutely not. Does not feel good at all. As someone who has been cheated on, I can definitely say that for sure. But yeah, it's always so interesting when you think about people being unfaithful in unconventional relationships so right and polyamorous whatever and it helps you to but helps me to realize that it has nothing to do with wanting more and everything to do with the secrecy of it Mm. so it's, it's about the the secrecy and that sort of deception making that person feel good because if your partner's not a jealous person if you want to fuck somebody you just gotta say hey i want to fuck this person they'd be like all right uh, why are you telling me or are you asking me or are you just letting me know what's going on and so when you have that kind of relationship it, I always wondered initially why someone would cheat but it has nothing to do with <laughs> the other person usually had everything to do with them just wanting that that high that comes from the sneaking around and the absolutely it, it, absolutely it's definitely yeah it's yeah, sometimes it's the high, sometimes it's whatever 
mental space or emotional space that they're in and that 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 has them making these sort of choices and decisions but all in all and and i'm and i've done this too i'm guilty of it as well i've been on the other side of it where i've done something that didn't feel good that i knew would hurt my partner you know what i'm saying but that was mostly a reflection of even despite the ways that my partner may have hurt me or said something or done something that that or or the the circumstance of our situation may have affected how I made that decision at the end of the day I still made that decision and and, and because there were other ways that could have that this could have been rectified but oftentimes we often go to the most toxic place rather than be like hey so I have feelings and I need to do something with them maybe we shouldn't be in space anymore oftentimes it's fuck you fuck all that i'm gonna go do me and then later you're an asshole and it's no bueno so it's yeah as you said it's definitely often about you as the person it's never about it's often not about the other person that makes me think of the like on twitter sometimes people try to push non-monogamy but in the worst ways so they'll see someone talking about cheating and then their response is, why do people keep cheating? Just be non-monogamous. And it's not that simple. Just because someone- Not at all. <laughs> like if, you're, if you want to cheat, just being non-monogamous is not gonna stop you from being a cheater. You have to stop yourself from being a cheater. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's such a terrible take, man. Every time I see that, whether on Twitter or wherever, it's like if you don't cheat, just be open in relationship, but just be non-monogamous. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, all right, <laughs> think that. Now you're just gonna be mad because <laughs> you're just gonna be extra mad. <laughs> you thought you was gonna be mad with one person. Now you about to be extra mad with four other people. <laughs> oh, damn, I even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, this, 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 yep. Just spreading around the anger. That's like, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Okay. Yeah. So I I want to double back a little bit. Just, yeah, for just sure. A bit. Your auntie is like the real G. Like, <laughs> I, gotta, I, I, I gotta come back to the G auntie. Like, I, need to, I, need, to, I need to know her story. Yo, yeah, my auntie, man. And it's not until, again, in my adulthood that I sort of realized, wait a minute, what's going on here? And I wish I was still in, in contact and able to speak with her and stuff like that. Where, But yeah, there was always... Like my aunt had her husband that everyone knew, but then there was the other man that everyone also knew as the other uncle, but he lived with them and they were always all chummy and kicking it. And so there was always that like eyebrow raise you would do. That's like, what's going uh, on? Something is going on here that we don't know about. Or people did, and nobody said nothing because my aunt was a G, and nobody could say shit to her. Um, and and she was always like, yeah, mind your business. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, I do what I want. <laughs> I do what I want. And you know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm too much of a woman for just one man to be able to do for just one man. I, I'm going to need at least two. You know what I'm saying? Shit, sometimes maybe more. Who knows? And so it was fascinating because it also very much was a counter to my still patriarchal understanding that is wait women can do this 
I thought this was only men. I'm saying I thought it was only men that are supposed to act like this or do or have multiple people. It wasn't really clicking in that way. It's not until later in adulthood. And as I was having conversations with my mom and, and sometimes like, you remember auntie? Da, 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 and I was like, oh, snap. Auntie was heck of polyamorous. Now as I'm thinking about just instances of like little things I've seen and stuff like that. I'm like, wait, that was, <gasps> it's like you have all those moments. And so, but yeah, man, she, she, she was dope. Shout out to auntie. She passed away too, not too long ago, which is how the conversation around auntie came around, you know, and, and later on, but yeah, man, shout, shout out to her, man. And shout out to Shout out to, to, to just these little lights. And sometimes you think about your life and you're like these things or people that are in your life and you wonder why you ask the, the, why is this person here? Why did this happen this way? And, and sometimes it's not until much, much later in life, you realize, oh man, that was a little nugget. That was a little seed that would always stay with you that will grow or help grow something else. And it did. So, so shout out to her, a big shout out to her, especially, especially now when we, when there is often that conversation of non-monogamy or polyamory, it's always male centered. It's always often male centered and it's always often like just only in the sexual space. You know what I'm saying? You don't see often or in large parts, a woman with two men or a femme person with two, two, you know what I'm saying? You don't see that as often, especially not in media, in a healthy and, and, and fruitful way, you know what I'm saying? You don't often see that. And, you know, to have had that from that image or that representation due to my aunt in the back of my head, just worrying and, and, and laying away, it, I think it was good. I think it's definitely helped it in the ways that I've also, yeah, shaped and thought about my, my, my relationships for sure. Rest in peace yeah, for think- a real one. Yeah, I'm saying. I think the only person I'm seeing actually, now that I think about how it looks publicly in the media spotlight, so to speak, is uh, Kenya Stevens. I think she does the Progressive Love Academy. Um, ah, yes. I yes, think yes, she's yes. The yes. only one that I've seen who's very visible and has multiple male partners. Because usually when you see things like this, like you said, it is very male-centered. It's a dude who has two or three girlfriends and yeah, they're all bi or something. And it's, there's, there's that side of it. But she's one of the few people I know, not like for real in real life, but know who are visible and out and a femme person having multiple masculine partners. And that is exciting to see. And I wish that we could see more of that in media as opposed to the same half dead closed triads and swingers. It's because, yeah, it's so tired. And, and I wish we could see that more in media, especially in TV and film. I was tweeting about that yesterday or a couple of days ago, but also even in, in just, and also those kind of relationships that are not with white people, because there's often white representation. Of, uh, of these sort of relationships that, that are shown in a, in a holistic and, and, and nuanced way, you know what I'm saying? But you don't often see that with anyone who's not white. It's often the, the trope and, and, and stereotypical BS and yeah, the closed triads or 
the guy with right with multiple girlfriends who are all by like you said and it, and it's just always just uh it's every time it's either super only super sexual or very male centered and it's mm -hmm. weird and i don't like it and i don't like it because yeah. these, these type of relationships look there's so many different ways that these relationships can look, man. It's, 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 I, I tell people often polyamory and, and non-monogamy, it's like mismatching your socks. If you mismatch your socks, you understand that, you know what I'm saying? You, you your feet, you, you can have the same feet on your body. You know what I'm saying? If you're an able-bodied person with, with feet, you know what I'm saying? But you can put on different socks. They still on the same feet, but it's, you got, you got two different situations happening at the same time. And so, it's, and you made a, a conscious and healthy decision in that, you know what I'm saying? And so if you mismatch your socks, you understand how that shit works. We are killing it with metaphors today. First, <laughs> first the government bears, now mismatching your socks. Facts. Gotta, gotta keep a record of all of these. But also do not, please don't wear socks in bed. Especially during sex. Listen, so That's what you're doing thing. is you're calling me out, right? I don't wear socks during sex, but I do need socks on my feet to sleep because my feet get cold. Uh, all right. I guess that's passable. That's <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Socks during sex is weird. I know. It is no. it's super weird. Just why would you do that? People are like, oh, I need traction or my feet are cold. If your feet are cold, put them in my mouth. Okay. Put them in my mouth. <laughs> Let me massage them. I, I will get you right. Okay. I love feet. I have a foot fetish. I, I love feet. Uh, that's my thing. So we can get that together. Don't be having, what is this? What What is going on? Why are you wearing socks? This is weird. This is weird. <laughs> you ever seen a person that's like fully naked? Except for their socks. <laughs> or, or for their Tims. Or for their Tims. Don't forget that. Oh, let's not get, oh let's not get the, the Tims. No, the Tims. Why did you bring the Tims into this? <laughs> I watched a video about it last night. That's why. Oh, That's why. man. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, that's not a thing. Not interested. No socks in the bed, buddy. No socks. Funny enough, that was a piece of sexual advice I heard once on a TV show. Coupling, shout out coupling. They're saying like, mm. hey, if you're going to have sex with a woman, make sure you take off your socks, like right after your shoes, so, just so you don't end up being a naked man in socks, because no woman <laughs> will have sex with a naked man in socks. And this was like, no, 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 let's just set the scene. Let's set the scene. Okay. You're uh -huh. just standing there. You've got your, you took your shoes off. You got your pants off. You got your shirt off. You, if you were wearing underwear, you got the underwear off. And now mm. you're just standing there holding your dick. Wearing socks. And not the move at all. Don't do that. Yeah. No, don't do that. Don't. I remember once I was in a, I was in a a, a a a a threesome sexual experience with with it was myself, a woman, and another man. And yeah, the the other man was insistent on socks, and I was like. Eventually, it got to the point where I was like, I'm sorry. My dick just can't get hard. And it's not even about... It's like, yes. I was like, I just... This scene, this whole situation right now is fucking with me. Because this man won't take off his socks. I'm... This is... <laughs> this is annoying. I just... I You have to take off your socks. I mean, he was just very adamant about not taking off his socks. So, I was just like, all right. Y'all can do y'all. I'ma just watch. Cause this not this not gonna work for more.
I just, I, I just, yeah. Nah, did he give a saying. reason or? I mean, I, I can know he never did. I guess he was just like, man, I like to do with my socks on. And that was just a hard boundary for him. <laughs> and I was like, all right, this of is. All, of all the boundaries to have, that's the one. That's it. It's hey, man. Hey, listen, man. I ain't going to shame nobody's boundaries, but I am going to say, fuck your socks. So I'm not. <laughs> maybe his socks were hiding something uh, even worse. Yeah, yeah maybe. maybe that's what protecting you guys. Yeah, maybe he, he has he had terrible feet and he just doesn't want anybody to see his feet. So, you know, people got whatever. But I, I guess, and that's maybe that's a petty, maybe that's a petty deal breaker for me. But yeah, socks are really like, socks are such a turnoff. It's, it doesn't even have to be whether engaging directly with a person or not, even if other people are around with socks. Especially earlier in the day, now that I'm a lot more grown, I might be able to compromise depending on the who and the what. But most of the time, yeah, please keep your socks far away if there are sexual things that are going to happen. No, that as I've been with, like, I, <laughs> I've engaged with people and we would start, you know, we're kissing and things are getting hot and da da. And I'm like, can you take off your socks, please? And and then we, we just go from there, and I just be like, "Yo, you want? Do you want to fight or do you want? Do you want to fuck? Because we can fight yeah. about it or we can just fuck. That's 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 it's 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 really it." Do you think it's the foot fetish thing that makes you so resistant to socks? It you know you, it might be. It might definitely be. It might be this aspect of just, I just want to see your feet. I want to be able to see your feet and, and, and enjoy them. And yes, the visual of it probably helps in the entirety of the situation. Because that is the other thing. It's like, if you don't want to show me your feet, I don't know if I can trust you. I, I, I don't know if I can trust you. I don't know if I can trust you to like, to, to, to why are you hiding your feet? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Maybe it's, yeah, it might be trust issues. I don't know. I haven't had a pedicure <laughs> in 10 months. That's why I'm hiding my feet. Thank you, though. All right, man. Listen, man. Check this out. I'm going to drop I'm gonna drop something in the cash app. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to drop something in the Venmo. And you can It's a pandemic. All right. That doesn't really, <laughs> that doesn't really help, does it? Um, cool. Whenever it gets really bad, just let me know. I got you. I'm, I'm going to take care of that for you. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And everybody else in the world, make sure you support Monogamish. Drop monies in the Patreons, in the PayPals, the Cash Apps, all the things, so that Jen is able to get the best Manny Petty of her life. And Sham, too. You know what I'm saying? Because we got to take care of our shit, too, bro. I feel like everybody should be able or should get Manny's and Petty's often. I do. Before the pandemic, I definitely did. Every two weeks, I was in the shop and I was getting everything done because it's, I'm not just going to sit here and talk about how great your feet need to be and mine aren't. I need to be able to, when I take my stuff off too and you look at my feet, I'm setting a standard. I lead by example that yes. Okay. This is how we do things around these parts. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah, so I got you. I got you though. That's we we can make that happen. Not a problem. It's not serious. Okay, mm, he's very serious. So uh, are you? You're a very open-minded guy. We've had some great conversations off the air that you guys will never get to hear. Some you will. And uh, there is this idea of what is masculine, right? We talked a bit about the toxic masculinity and the patriarchy and all that stuff, and. Did you at any point, this is a weird question, but necessary, feel 
awkward having a sexual encounter with another man there. In the early stages of my life, in my young, yes, still patriarchal BS times, yes, I did. It was the whole aspect of, oh my gosh, is is this gay? Am I gay? Oh, there goes another man's penis or blah, 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 blah. And all that stupid ass, uh, incredibly, just another remnant or another facet of white supremacy how it shows up and with homophobia and transphobia and all this stuff but yeah absolutely i did feel awkward and i had those things and i had those questions and but you know what i'm saying it's in the end of it all i i i got above it because it was like are you are you attracted yes or no and are you and i've always been a curious person and or a person that's you know i'm gonna just do me and whatever happens you know what i'm saying and so i actually with my so Part of my, my, my first journey into kink was, uh, this mistress that I was basically a submissive for and, and for all intents and purposes trained under. And it's a, it's an experience I'm so grateful for. I really believe anybody who, who, who leads in more dominant or, you know what I'm saying, or, or more top, I, I really think it will be, it's so great to first be in like in a submissive position or to understand the weight of that responsibility and how important that is so that when you do enter into the more dominant sphere of who you are there's a level of like empathy and just like consideration that you gain from that so i'm super grateful for that but yeah her like she had multiple that was another example of just me seeing non-monogamy and probably like at an early stage because she had a husband and she also had her, her, um, her, her play friends and her play toys. And I was one, uh, at a certain point. And yeah, and sometimes she will have, you know, one thing that she thoroughly enjoyed, um, watching men or, or those with penises, I would say persons with penises and masturbate. And she thoroughly enjoyed mutual masturbation as well. And so she would want for like us to, to us to do it next to each other or do it to each other. And not even, she's like, I don't need y'all to engage orally. I don't need y'all to have penetrative sex or anything like that. I, I would like to just watch y'all just masturbate in that. And in those moments, and it's like. No, I definitely interacted and it was, and it was beautiful. It was like, there's that thing in the back of your head that's, is this doing some gay shit or blah, 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 all that BS. But then there was just this, the, once you, you kind of tune that, that little voice out and you really allow yourself to just sit in a space, it was beautiful and, and I enjoyed it. And so I've had interactions with men. I've had interactions with men that were but I'm not attracted. I'm just not really attracted to, to, to men, if that makes sense. I've had engagements, like sexual engagements or sexual experiences with, with men and, and kissing or, or yes, mutual masturbation or things of that sort. But oftentimes it was always, I've never had one with like just a man in itself. It was always like in a group setting type of situation, but yeah. And, and I just. I used to find, or <laughs> I used to find just penises very ugly. 
I did. I used to be like, I don't understand how anyone who engages with penises, whether it's, you know, women or non-gender binary or whatever, like people who like penises, I was always like, how can you like these? They're so terrible. And often who they're attached to, it's also very terrible. What are you, What is this? You know what I'm saying? Which also was like just a thing for me, like in thinking about how do I feel about my whole situation and where that goes. And I was like, I like me. I like my situation. I just don't understand other people who do, but I get it. Until, until the very first time I, I was with a woman who enjoyed a person sucking on her strap. And now I have already a very much an oral fixation. And so at that moment, when I first did that with her, which was also, again, one of those, because sometimes that awkwardness that we're talking about right now, it doesn't always require another man or another person with a penis in the room. Sometimes it shows up even with ways that you engage. And sometimes it's with toys. It's with, there was a, a time where I was like, getting my ass ate was not a thing because, oh, that's gay. It's, it's like these things you don't often need other men to still have these often homophobic and terrible thoughts that limit that that limit incredibly limit your ability to be to be free and to be yourself you know what i'm saying but yeah yeah the, the first time i i sucked her strap and i was like wow i understand why people certain people enjoy penises and mm-hmm. how powerful this feels to be able to have this thing and control this person or not necessarily control but to be able to elicit these sorts of looks and feelings on this person i was like oh i get it i I get it i see why this is probably what i look like this is so this is what i look like when you're sucking my dick got it i understand why in that way people enjoy uh yeah, penises and, and also, you know, other reasons and, and, and such. But yeah, that awkwardness was real at first. But now it's like, yeah, no, no, I absolutely do not give a shit at all. Oh, I thought Sham was going to say something. That's why I was like, quiet. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, no, but that's definitely... That's the reason why I asked, really, because I know that a lot of people were trying to challenge those binaries of what non-monogamy and polyamory is supposed to look like. And I think it's important to have, especially cisgender, (laughs) heterosexual presenting men, analyze these sorts of things and figure out why they have feelings about some stuff that is not necessarily beneficial to them because at at the end of the day it is just homophobic transphobic bs so it is very great that you were able to work through that and get to a space where it's just another sex organ guys it's just it's just another thing it's it's too yeah you know what i'm saying women have penises too which you know absolutely also an attraction there because trans women are women and I found myself very much attracted to many 
many women of all different capacities and and femme and femme folk of all different capacities and such but yeah you just kind of man you create the experience that works for you because i don't even like to say now in terms of saying like saying oh i had sex and we there was a discussion on twitter but also in other spaces that i've had even with my with, with my partner and other folks and just talking about how yeah like saying foreplay for example right how foreplay is a myth to to be honest it, it's it, foreplay often again centers men and centers penetration in this way of oh let me do this let's do this thing to to get you know, let's get there to, to, to woo, 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 but it's not sex for real though. And I think that fuels rape culture to be quite honest. It, it does. And it's no, 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 no foreplay. If you, I like to say I had a sexual experience with a person or I had a sexual engagement and what kind of sexual engagement? It was either oral sex or it was penetration or it was just hands and touching and, and such like that. Or we just used toys or it was just a, a, a play scene. You know, we had a sexual engagement. I don't like to say I just had to, because it's like, the other thing about it, not only is it, it fuels rape culture in terms of foreplay and, and stuff like that, but also like the ways that we think about sex and why I was saying it's often centered in penetration or, or male-centered in this way that's like sex only happens when an erection is there. And I was like, but what about lesbians what about queer folks that don't have penises so their sex doesn't count so they just don't have sex or they just they aren't able to experience sex and then i was also like it's also extremely ableist what about people who don't have maybe organs for whatever reasons or don't have you know what i'm saying certain body parts or whatever to allow them to engage in the ways that we traditionally think a sexual engagement is does their desires and their uh, and the ways they want to approach being desired if, if that's where they are and how they want to engage in an experience that brings them sexual pleasure is that also invalid because they don't have a penis or don't have a vagina or don't have an arm or leg or whatever or that doesn't allow them to engage in the ways that we think sex is I had to really just like over, especially over the past two years or so, as I've been really, really digging through this and, and digging through my approach to sex, my approach to gender and how I even fall in things with myself. It really just kind of, and, 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 and my removal from white supremacy in general, because all of that are all just portions of white supremacy in the ways that it shows up in homophobia and transphobia and ableism, colorism, all of these things. Like it's me unpacking and unlearning all of these things that has allowed me to be like, oh yeah, duh. Once you stop thinking in that way, you realize how much more <laughs> the world is and how much more fluid the world is and how much more everything should be fluid. It, 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 even in this aspect of I, 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 in in I'm coming into a space where I am also thinking a lot about queerness and what that means for me and how that opens for me and it's really conversations that I've been having with my partner and understanding yeah body my and understanding my body and rediscovering my body again and my understandings of gender devoid of white supremacy and my understanding of sex devoid of white supremacy and the ways that it shows up. And how so many things that I'm reading, especially about in, in queer politics and, and experiences that I'm having and people that I get to talk to, whether in the non-monogamous non and polyamorous and kink community and all these things, and how so much about queer politics 
for me, feel like human politics. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's human politics because it's so much about queer politics is the basic factor of like when you have care and consideration and empathy and you don't think about the world in a non-binary way, then that is the most beautiful, the most fluid, the most apt, the most popping way to live and to engage with people. So to me, oftentimes, like queer, so much about queer politics and that, it feels like human politics to me. Because I'm like, this is how humanity should be. This is how humans should be engaging with other humans. Not according to binaries and bullshit and all of that, but according to like, how do we have ethical conversations? How are we responsible? How do we care and consider each other and have transparent, honest conversations about who we are and what we like? Now, this is not to say that people who are vanilla or people who are monogamous and all of that are invalid. This is not to say that. Every, it, this is just to say that there is space and capacity for everyone. As long as you're engaging in a safe and responsible and ethical way, that is the only thing that matters. Everything else, binaries and all that, it's often just bullshit. It's it's social constructs and it's often bullshit. And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could go on talking about this all day, but yeah. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's also amazing that listen, you're able to interrogate this and have these conversations because you don't find a lot of people that we're exposed to generally, unless you have a very particular curated circle has asked these questions and interrogated these beliefs and come out on the the right side of things, so to speak. So yeah, no, it's, I just love listening to you talk. That's what you get for being a performer because you were also a performer and a writer. Yes, I is. You were a lot of things. I mean, I'm interested in all of that too, but- yes. So I want to go back to you being a submissive mm. in your early days of kink and BDSM exploration. Mm-hmm. Was that like a conscious choice that you made, like you said, to explore being a submissive first before you got into a more dominant space? Or was it just, uh, this is part of the, your initial exploration? It was part, it was in part of the, like the agreement and what the mistress had in terms of like thought. But it was, uh, it, for me, it was also this point of, because I was so curious and because I was just very sexually, like, my sexual drive was always, like, whoosh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I, I always just, I'm willing to try anything once. That was always, I think, that for, I think, for lack of a better term, that was just always has been my approach. And that's often even with life in general, even outside of a sexual or intimate space yeah it was just i'm willing to try anything and so it's okay this is what this person you know wants and it's yeah it feels uncomfortable at first or it's but they've also made it i've built rapport and trust with this person that i understand this person is not trying to hurt me this person is not trying to bring me harm and so i can engage in this mm-hmm. and if it doesn't feel good i can say it doesn't feel good right and and it can stop the way being introduced to things like safe words and all that, I was like, whoa, you can, the aspect of like men get consent too, because there, there's so much, and that's the, the, the fucked upness of patriarchy in general, this idea that it's like, 
that because it's built this thing of like men being you have to be this way and you you're this your sexual appetite is always overboard and you're a beast and you have to conquer and da 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 and, and other people are just you know things for you to conquer and to have but then also if a woman or if anybody wants that from you because that's how you've been built up to be if you've been built up to all you're valued for is your dick is because you have a penis and your biggest value is in your penis that's that and that's the, the the fucked up message of patriarchy and so because of that it then fuels on the other side that if this all you're good for is penis and if you don't if you can't provide that if a person asks for it and you can't provide that then it becomes a problem and there, there's been many a times where i've been in situations where you know because it's hard it's, we're always taught all right cool you can't you don't do that with a woman this that and a third because of course that's rape anything that's not consensual that's rape and there's that but then there was often not the conversation on the other side of it on like okay and as somebody who has experienced sexual assault as a young person as a child which has also informed definitely a lot of my approaches and a lot of my thoughts. I've been sexually assaulted both by a woman and a man. And so trigger warning, maybe, you know, put a trigger warning on that. And I'll say it again, maybe just so when you're doing, you know, the editings and putting it together. But yes, I've been sexually assaulted by both a man and a woman. And so when I then fast forward to almost a decade, a little over a decade later, and I've been, and I'm having this experience with this person that is inviting consent into the space for me. It was a thing that, that to me was some groundbreaking shit, the aspect of a safe word and being able to be like, if I don't like this, or if you don't like this, we can stop. That was, that to me is what made me want to engage with with the mistress and stick around and learn more, even more. The aspect of consent in that. And so then that then made me more comfortable to enter into the submissive space as well. And to understand, okay, what does this mean to be a submissive? Or and what does it mean to submit even if you're not a submissive, right? Because you cannot, you can be a not submissive person, but still submit to a person. Because there's the act, and then there's the state of being. Now, me, as I've, through all my experiences now, I've definitely come to learn, I'm definitely a switch. I am. I am a switch, and I enjoy it thoroughly. I love being able to oscillate between both spaces, though I'm mostly in a dominant or top space. But I, for the right person or the right situation, and if it, and everything, how things are, and it feels right, or if we're doing a specific scene or things of that sort, oh yeah, I, I enjoy being on the on, on, on the other place of it. And I enjoy the fluidity of it too, where you can go back and forth when you have a good ebb and flow with a person you're having a sexual experience with. And it's just organically, it's like this person, this energy overtakes, this energy overtakes at another time. It's beautiful. But yeah, I think that aspect of trust and that aspect of consent that's why the conversations around consent, and especially when we talk about pleasure activism and such, which is oh, such a fantastic book, man, for anybody out there, you know what I'm saying, who, who wants to learn more about just like pleasure activism and like the politics of feeling good, which is the book itself by Adrienne Marie Brown, like read that. That book is incredible. And other just incredible folks too, like Sonia Renee Taylor with The Body Is Not An Apology. And all of these things that just like really goes back to how do you understand your body? What is the language that you have with your own body? 
what is the language that you have with yourself and how do you use that language to communicate with the world within you and the world around you is there good communication is there static do you feel heard do you feel silenced do you feel muted and a lot of that revolves around yeah how we approach and how we think about yeah consent and how we think about yeah the ways that, that we have these honest and transparent conversations with people that we we feel we can trust and people we feel safe with and once that happens i mean the sky's the limit it opens up so much quite figuratively and literally <laughs> yeah no definitely that book is in my cart i just haven't clicked the buy button yet because yes yes i have no fun fact i have no real time to read heavy things right now I mean, that's real. <laughs> I've before. So I know that when I have a whole stack of books that I need to like fucking finish reading about non-monogamy and pleasure activism and trauma and uh, all sorts of things, many, many things. And yeah, I'm just we should, add we, well, now we, but I mean, I'll be super down. I guess I'll say we, cause I want to introduce the idea, but we should do a mon. There should be a monogamous book club. That and, like finds like works. kink like and erotic books or pleasure activism and other political or books around sex and sexuality and gender that are fun. Or even if it's just passages, even if we're not reading the full book, but just passages and we do a little book club, I'll be down for, I would subscribe to a monogamous book club. And so will you people, See what all happened, of you. Y'all? See? <laughs> you are speaking Jen's language right now. Paige is the worst enemy at this moment. She's like, what? You want Jen to talk about books more? The fuck? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this I'd is that chaotic mad. evil we were talking about. Facts. 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 It's fine. It's fine. I, I accept it. <laughs> Sham is the dog in the, in the house on fire right now. <laughs> This, this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> this is fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, we're having a really great conversation so far, but I feel like I've also been dominating the question space. But it's okay. Ha, ha, ha dominating. Ha, it's ha. fine. You're, you're the dumb. You're the dumb right now. You're, you're the dumb in our relationship right now. You, we, 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 we are bowing to you in this moment. So oh. do what you need to do. I like that. Is this the part where like I put my foot like over your shoulder and then have you service me? Ha. Ah, why yes. It took a wild turn. But, yeah, <laughs> I mean, but, but was it that wild though? Like let's be honest. Was right. Was it that we wild? We started talking Wasn't about public bears as vulvas. So you know. <laughs> I feel like I've stopped telling people we're co-hosts and then be like, all right, Jen, just the Dom host. <laughs> right. The the what what did oh damn, what was their name from from oh, the, the Inner Ho Uprising. Inner Ho Uprising. And and uh Sam, I believe it was Sam, and they so. introduced this term that they have of coho. It's not yes, coho. This is my coho. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Love that. Hey, that was great. They they had such their their work is so interesting also in her whole uprising. And I do I'm interested in other lifestyle and non-monogamous creators and what they're putting out there because you know mm -hmm. I've been on Life on the Swing set. I've been on normalizing non-monogamy. I am slowly making Shelf Love podcast which is a podcast about romance novels non-monogamous as well because i keep bringing it up on the show when i'm on there i'm just throwing non-monogamy slowly infiltrating them <laughs> but to be fair my the episode of shelf love that we aired on the podcast in november 
is Andrea and I talking about black polyamory in romance novels and how it is Ooh, yeah, not really that many out there. Not really that many out there. Very interesting. So if you guys haven't listened to that yet, you can just go ahead and hop on back into our Bookvember episodes. <laughs> yes, I, I, October was Kinktober. And so the Bookvember, that's what I'm going with. I don't know why I came up with that word. I think it's stupid. But also, mm. <laughs> you know, Bookvember episodes. It's all about branding. That's right. Branding. I'm a G at branding or something. It came out on November 25th, so like the day right before Thanksgiving. I forget the episode number because I'm not, my brain's not working that great numbers right now. Very unlike me. But yeah. So listen to that episode if you want to hear Andrew and I talk more about non-monogamy and polyamory and romance novels. Once again, thank you, Pages, for being on the pod, for being a part of our process, for being one with us. We appreciated having you. He did not give his links, of course, in this episode. Remember, I told you I split it like almost exactly in half. But we will put the links to where you can find pages on social media, which is pretty much mostly Twitter these days. In our show notes, you guys can just click those links there to find him. And I also want to shout out to Shelf Love Podcast, Andrea Martucci, really, really helping me out with this transcript thing that I'm so behind on. I'm so sorry, y'all. But we're still working on that process together. I did shout out the episode I did with her. That's the one I was talking about before. The one that came out the Saturday after Thanksgiving. The crossover between Shelf Love Podcast and Monogamish Pod, where I talked to her about non-monogamy romance novels. That was dope. What else did I want to say about our interview with Pages? Nope, just that y'all gotta wait for part two. <laughs> I mean, that pretty much covers it, yeah. <laughs> and there was a, so much conversation. We had to split it. Because, you know, it's the start of the year. We don't want to start y'all off without something heavy. Just want to, you know, a nice snack to start the year off. And then second part of the snack next week. Yes. So, of course, you can find us on our social media. At Monogamish Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It is Monogamish Pod on Facebook as well. I only have that for Instagram purposes. Y'all know what I mean. We have our website, monogamishpod.com. You can also link to our merch shop through there. Just click the shop button. But if you want to be direct and go to monogamishpod.threadless.com, that is also okay. We put our most recent episodes on SoundCloud. So the three most recent ones, soundcloud.com slash monogamishpod. It's because SoundCloud is still expensive. We're not cheap. Don't forget that. They're just mean, man. They're just mean. I remember back in the day when SoundCloud didn't have to pay for any of this shit. Yeah. What, what, what happened to those days, SoundCloud, when you support little backpack rappers or whatever? Is, is that what they were for? I'm, I'm sure that's what I, they were for. I don't know. I think they have to pay for that stuff now, too, which is sad. But I'm also happy about that. Way less, you know, check out my SoundCloud. I'm an aspiring rapper. <laughs> now let's check out my SoundCloud. I'm an aspiring podcaster. But from <laughs> Yeah, and uh, of course, you guys can find us on Patreon where we post bonus episodes. Patreon.com slash monogamishpod. You have to type it in. You can't search for us because we're an 18 plus platform. You're probably wondering why. Don't worry. And uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's a little sexy. Sometimes it's not. Of course, on altplayground.net, our community is there. Monogamishpod. We want you guys to find us there. Where else can they find us, Sham? Did I miss anywhere? I think we got all of them. Well, of course, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, search Monogamish Pod. Rate us, review us, five stars if you can. Anchor.fm. I think you can support through, through Anchor, too, if you just want to yeah. give us some money directly. 
can I go to anchor.fm yeah. help a help a, help, a, help a podcast out yes because unfortunately these things cost money who would have thought I thought podcasting was free said no one ever well said no podcast creator ever yeah. I should say Maybe back in the day when I just started listening, I was like, oh, <laughs> podcast, free, of course. Then you start, and I said, like, oh, oh, look at all these things that cost money. And here we are one year later. Here we are. It's been a year. We're still doing this thing. So shout out to you guys for keeping us in the biz. I also have a million podcasts that are not Monogamish Pod, which is something that Sham has called me out on recently. I'm just saying, Jen is broadening horizons, let's say. She's branching out. She has, she has no issue finding other podcasts to to commit to. Just saying. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, well, that's the beauty of being non-monogamous, my G. Like, I am Polly, okay? I can do what I want. At least you can express it via podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Of course, those links are also available on our site if you want to hear me talk more. And that's all she wrote, honestly, everyone. Like, again, shout out to allplayground.net. Shout out to Andrea Martucci, the Shelf Love podcast. Shout out to Pages Matam. Links to all these amazing people in our show notes. Just bam. That's it. Short and spicy. Sort of. Definitely spicy. We can say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So one time for the one time. I'm Jen. I'm Sham. And... and... Where my Why do you keep doing that? I tried waiting so long. I was like, all right. I was Don't wait. That's the problem. You just wait. You wait. You wait. You wait. I'm just come already. <laughs> Sorry. I've gotten into edging over the holidays. Excellent. Excellent. Bye, guys.